Hello and welcome. The boys are back, baby. Yes. <laughs> it's the premiere of season three of The Road Provides, a travel podcast for the next generation of travelers, adventurers, and vagabonds. I'm your host, Bradford Clement. Joining me, as always, the incomparable, the indelible, maestro of mopeds, my co-host, Nate Sundermeyer, a.k.a. the Lamella Ball of Layovers. We're kicking things off with some geopolitical heat and a recap of our 2021 travel highlights. So get ready, friends. Buckle up your ears. This is The Road Provides. Big baller brand? <laughs> Big baller brand. <laughs> no, I can't do it. Big baller brand. <laughs> I, I love it. I like it. I'm on board. <laughs> I'm engaged. Again, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us for season three. Uh, it took us a year, but we're back. I didn't know if Nate was going to make it there for a second. <laughs> had to, yeah. had to talk him off a ledge. He had some things uh, he had to tend to. Why don't we get to it, Nate? What's going on in your life? Yeah, Tell season three is all happening? about Nate's uh, Nate's therapy, pretty much. Um, a big, big 2021 for me. I uh, really settled down my roots a bit more in Denver. I I bought a duplex, um, which you know isn't just one; it's two, and that created its own issues. I renovated it. Uh, upstairs neighbor was an issue. Uh, we're in a lawsuit. It's all good. Flooded uh, water. Pump. Sewer pump broke, so then I was out for six weeks, and then I got COVID and food poisoning. And you know what, Brad? This is the second week I feel like I'm back. And what better way to kick it off to say, Nate's back, baby, than get back on the horn and talk with the boy Brad about anywhere else but here. <laughs> but bring out the microphone, strap on the headphones. Throw yourself. I'm, I've got a desk perpendicular, 45 degrees inside of a closet right now. It is electric environment. It's how I want to be spending my spring. Brad, what is good with you? Um, I'm also in a closet, in the same closet. But I have, and you guys might hear my big surprise of the year. We'll see how quiet she is. No, it's not a girlfriend that's that's locked That'd away. That would be somewhere. horrible. <laughs> some, uh, you're really doubling down on R. Kelly right there. I've gone full dog dad. Uh, I got a dog in August. I want to say late August, maybe early September. And yeah, it's uh, beautiful Doberman. Her name's Katana. Check out the Instagram at One Man Caravan, uh, and you can see some pictures of her. She's the shit. Um, I got super lucky, but yeah, it's a lot. Other than that, that's it, man. I'm still. You're still in Denver. I'm still in Montana. You still got a girlfriend. You left off with a girlfriend. You're still traveling, ripping around. We'll get into that later. I didn't do a ton of international travel or big travel trips, but I sp I've been spending a lot of time in Montana doing the Montana thing, and I saw a lot of travelers and tourists come through here, and so that was interesting in its own sense. We we kind of predicted it. Americans saw America this summer, um, mm. and I was full front row seat for that anything else new interesting i don't know i feel got a bunch of trips coming up but i feel like uh they're not as exciting as they were last year and um i'm pretty far away from being a dog dad so. way, to, way to throw water on the travel podcast yeah 
Um, every trip's exciting. That's probably what if that was our yeah. our tag. I have there? I have a shit ton of trips that are gonna blow your guys's mind in season three. You better you better tune in every fucking <laughs> tune week in because these are gonna blow the shit out of the water. Um, uh, you, yeah. What I'm what I'm finding, uh, we'll unpack a lot of this other stuff. But I've been looking to do some trips, and bro, it's my brother's coming out here in March. It's costing him a thousand dollars. I well, I wasn't gonna get to that, but yeah, I went to Columbus. I went to Columbus, Ohio in January. It was $350 round trip. Why is a flight to Ohio from Denver? It's a two-hour flight, $350 to fucking Ohio in January. And if and if you're not if you're saying you don't have any exciting trip plans, like you set the bar pretty low with Columbus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ohio. January wasn't exactly the, <laughs> it, the sexiest time. It's gotta get better from there. So yeah. anyways, uh let's get into it, brother. Let's for sure. Well, as you know, if you've listened to this before or if this is your first time, we start off with uh, hot takes, anything in the travel realm that is deemed unconventional, a bit wild, maybe relevant. My goal is that it's so spicy, we can call it a Thai medium. That's the level I'm going for. So what do you have for me, Brad? Real quick on that. Do you remember being in Thailand and them asking you, do you want it spicy? Did, were you ever say, asked that? You'd say yes, yes, and, you'd and regret then it. immediately <laughs> regret it like 10 minutes later. Yeah. So if you ever go to Thailand, a little quick pro ha- hack off I, the jump. I, they ask I, you if you like it spicy, you say no. I had the, the spiciest dish, and I looked next to me, and I was like, I was on fire, and there was this Thai woman next to me, and I said, how do you deal with the spice? And she <laughs> said, I shit you not in English. She goes, suck it up. And I was like, <laughs> I was like with, with Taylor and my sister, I was like, I cannot believe I just got like absolutely owned by that. Not only the spice, but by her. But so, uh, anyways, it's like, it's like the best answer you could ask for. That, that was such yeah. a great way to to humble your trip in the beginning. All right, so I'm gonna kick us off. It's the season premiere. I've been getting a lot of euf- euphoria buzz. I'm trying to put up euphoria numbers. So my hot take is it's a little volatile. It's a mix of history, travel, and the dirty p word, politics. Putin. I'm speaking to Americans here, though Though technically the Brits and the Aussies can gather around the campfire as well. The way everyone feels about Russia right now, all the stuff you see on social media, that's pretty much how Europe and the rest of the world felt about us when we invaded Iraq. The beautiful unintended consequence of travel is perspective. I was living in Europe at the time. It was like the height of the Iraq war, 2003. The bombing had basically stopped, but we were still hunting for Saddam. So it was like front page news, you know, every day, every week. And I'm going to tell you, it was uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable time to be an American in Europe. Uh, there's this running joke. I wonder if you've heard it, Nate, amongst American backpackers. It's about telling people you're from Canada to avoid yeah. conflict. Have you heard this? <laughs> yeah, done yeah, this? Yeah. 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 Well, it, it wasn't a joke in 2003. Literally, Americans were proactively telling Euros that they were Canadian. It was that bad because people just wanted to avoid the conflict and the conversation. So fast forward to now, basically how I see it is Americans live on the biggest hill and the biggest glass house when it comes to armed conflict in like the last 60, 70 years. You know, I'll, I'll give us World War II. But if you're listening to this, you should definitely watch where you throw your rocks and mind your like bleeding heart to put this back in the travel lens is go travel. Go to My Lai, Vietnam. 
right? Go to Cuba, go to Honduras, Nicaragua, Mexico, see the devastating effects that the war on drugs had on the region. I'm not suggesting you take a depression vacation. <laughs> that would be just sprinkle it in. <laughs> be pretty terrible. But, you know, go for the beautiful things, go have fun, but leave the resort, ask some tough questions of locals and open yourself up to that perspective. Wow. Season yeah, three. I, I, uh, I think that's a great note to start off on. I remember being in, in Paris in 2004 and uh, a man cursing at my, a Parisian man cursing. And I, I know Parisians how, have a bad rap. How old rap. were you? Like eight years I was years 10. Old? I was 10? Nine, or, nine or 10. But my, someone, yeah, the, you stupid American, like that was, I felt that anti-American sentiment in oh. uh, in 2004. At 10? And, yeah. And, and I think, well, not towards me, but probably towards my dad. But I honestly, my dad probably had a, he kind of has that big American energy. So I, I get that. But, um, you know, I, I think you're, you're really touching on a lot of good points here, especially because I think everyone is so sensitive. And I think anytime a big conflict like this happened, people take it a lot of different ways. And one thing I will say, and I think this is always what I kind of, anytime people would give me negative American feedback abroad is how can you generalize a whole population? There's 350 million Americans. How can you say all of them are like this or all of them believe in this? And you know how divided this country is. But I think the same thing can be said about Russians right now, right? Uh, I, you know, I think this is obviously a bit of a sensitive topic, but, you know, there's 3 million American Americans with Russian influence. And you got to say there's probably a good bit of them that don't actually identify with the current Russian state. Um, Yeah, I mean, Alex Ovechkin, speaking of D.C., like – he was one of the biggest outspoken sports personalities to say something about this Russian guy's like no more war. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he, and he's been known to be a, a Putin buddy or guy or something like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down for sure. And I completely was one of those people. A lot of people didn't know who they were getting into a conversation with when they wanted to talk to me about Bush and like Iraq. And as soon as they started the conversation, I was like, let's go. Y'all want to talk shit about Bush? Let's talk shit about Bush. I was at uh, the anti-war protest in D.C. So, Mm -hmm. but you still can't deny, you know what I mean? That feeling and that energy. You can't change. You can't change where you're from. You can't change this. This is at the end of the day, what the passport you have, this is where you're from. And I think it's, it's really hard because there's, you look at every country and every country is going to have, you know, big negative parts of their, you know, on the geopolitical history. Sure. Yeah. History or scale, especially, I mean, most European countries have some really nasty, you know, colonialism and you open that up. But I, I think in general, all you can do is go and learn about it and then not hold yourself to too high of a standard. I think that's kind of my uh, wrapping up my stance on that. Yeah, and and travel is a way to go do that, right? To to humble yourself, get some perspective, get to hear and see, you know, what effects your government's actions, whether you support them or not, have had on the history of people, you know, or a place um, yeah. or a culture. And yeah, so back to the travel lens, get out there and uh, and try and bust our little bubble a little bit if we can. And I think you yeah. and I are both in agreement on that. We're always trying to push that. So, uh, Definitely. Nate. All right. So my hot take this week is take your work remote now or forever hold your peace. I'm telling you, get this remote job now and leverage that shit to get you out of town. In my opinion, I don't think COVID's going to last forever. And I'm telling you that this is a wave that you need to get on your surfboard and ride. I'm not a surfer, so I don't know if that landed, 
but I'm but you've thinking got the arm people motion. can picture it. He's got the arm motion. Yeah, I've got it. lots of gesticulations. <laughs> so let me just ask some uh, hypothetical questions. When's your lease up? Do you work in an industry that offers remote work? Do you want to travel? I would hope so if you're going to listen to these two schmucks, aka Brad and I, every week. So many jobs are permanently remote, especially what they're offering right now. So what's stopping you from snagging one and working remotely from a new different city every month? If you can work at any time of the day, why not bop off to Europe or Asia? So many countries have 90-day, 30-day, 60-day visas. Why don't you spend your days cranking out your work in an an Italian villa and then your weekends partying in Croatia, Spain, I don't care, wherever. And, And I think so many people, at least the feedback I've heard and the criticism I've heard is not everyone can take two to three months off like you and I did so many times in the past. Yep. This is an opportunity for those people to go and experience some of these places without actually having to up and leave everything. Sure. Uh, people, people have student loans. People have responsibilities. People want to make bank, Brad. <laughs> so why not have both? I think this is a time to put your foot in the door and lever- leverage your career to get out there and actually spend time in different places. You and I both have atypical careers and jobs where our hours kind of fluctuate and how much we work and where we work is is constantly in flux. I've been checking the pulse with friends over the last, I don't know, six to eight months uh, about when they're going back. My brother in particular, another group of more traditional nine to five professionals. And what I've been hearing is hybrid, 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 hybrid. And mm-hmm. choice, choice. Okay, yeah, you can come in these days or, or not. I have a friend, Dan, who was on the podcast, who was like, yeah. ah, blah, 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 is joking around. Like he's thrived in the pandemic and shouts to Dan. Bruh. And he's like, I'm thriving. He's like, I don't want to go back. And he's talking to his coworkers. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. Like, of course you can back. He's like, I am not coming back, you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he's, I don't want to blow his spot up, but I'm going to assume that if it comes to push and shove, he would probably find someone who would yeah. let him work remotely. So here's the, here's the whole crux of, of, I think, what you're putting putting out there to people is you can't wait till all the remote jobs are gone, right? And the hybrids and, and the, the be back in the office stuff is, is set in stone. Like, if you really know remote is where you want to be, like, get those jobs now because in, in like six to eight months, when people come back to whatever the new reality we have and they're looking around like, oh, fuck, like, I've made a huge mistake. I want to be back in my home or I want to be in that cabin in the woods. It's going to be too late. If you yeah. want that remote job, I think you got to grab it now before they all get snatched up because well, not every think, office is going to accommodate those folks. The one thing I'm thinking about is, A, you, wherever you're living now is always going to be there. Your friend group and whatnot, you can go leave for one, two, three months and then come back and sign another lease. Sure. That can always happen. You always can move back to where you want to be. And B, it's kind of like, you know, if you look at – if you wanted to go to Europe or, um, you know, Central America or South America, something on the same time zone – it's like studying abroad, but now you have a disposable income. Like, that's so much better than having to worry about, like, I mean, I never studied abroad, but, you know, you're probably worried about, like, oh, this is going to cost X, Y, Z. Like, now you can be like, you know what? I got the money. I'm going to go drop X, Y, Z and go do these things that I actually want to do. I think there's this window that we both kind of feel like should be targeted. Get your, it's like uh, musical chairs. Sit down in your remote, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sit down yeah, in yeah. your remote working chair before the music stops and you're stuck fucking standing there without a place to sit. So yeah, I like that. All right, well, well let's, let's move on then, Brad. Let's, yeah. let's keep it moving. Um, for the first episode of the season, we want to recap and highlight our 2021 
travel adventures in one kind of concise <laughs> little chunk. So today we're going to play a game. Nate, it's a timeless classic. A game as old and refined as Aristotle, <laughs> Plato, Socrates. <laughs> we're going to play a game called Kill, Mary Fuck, <laughs> the Travel Edition. Listeners, don't act like you haven't played this game before, that you're above it. We all know you're not. You're still watching Love Island and The Bachelor, which is just the, <laughs> the network television version of Kill, Mary Fuck. <laughs> You all know the rules. Uh, we've just put a twist on it. We've already decided who's getting off and who's getting the D. So Nate's going to start us out. Nate, who or what are you fucking from your 2021 travel well, season? Well, first of all, I, I love this game, and I rarely do it with people. I usually will do it with inanimate objects. Not to, like, for the sake of knowing, I you know, wait, wait, wait. I do, like, stovetop, oven, microwave, you know? Something like that, or Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Star Wars. These are timeless classics. I like to see how people's brain works. So I've been doing these with the name and objects for a long time, and I I would do them with fruit when I was picking fruit in New Zealand. It was like we'd go out to bars and be like, "All right, kill Mary, fuck," or in New Zealand they say, "Shoot root Mary, peach, apricot, cherry." And so I really enjoy have enjoyed these, and I'm happy that we can do this in a travel capacity. Um, I'm going to start off by giving the old travel D to solo trips. I'm talking about getting away, going somewhere that you want to go. What do you really want to do? Maybe it's reading a book by a beach. Maybe it's an adventure where you're climbing something. Maybe it's absolute carnage, absolute mayhem, raging your face off at a nightclub and blowing off some steam. For me, in November, it was 12 days in Portugal on an underpowered motorcycle, bopping around, eating fresh seafood, taking naps in the forest, kayaking along the coast, drinking way too much cheap wine. I will say about three days into these 12, I called Brad on the verge of a breakdown, but that's a, all a part of it. <laughs> Personal crises are just the ethos of a good solo trip. Uh, I, I think it was, for me, a really good step back to say, you know, after all of the pandemic challenges, after all these big life changes I had in 18 months, uh, to have some time on myself to, to process it, but also go out and do something I really wanted to do. What I want to add, though, is, you know, I, you don't need to go to Portugal to do something like this. You know, it also doesn't have to be two weeks. I've, as we said, we have a very unorthodox work schedule. It could be a weekend. You could drive somewhere. You could go... I don't know, bop somewhere. It also doesn't have to be solo. You can like go be a part of a tour, be a part of a trip, like subscribe to that. And I think there's ways to do solo trips, not by yourself. So uh, what I'm trying to say is get out there and kind of find some space. You also don't have to do this every year. But I think for me, that trip is exactly what I needed. It was the exact sultry choice I needed to make in this 2021 Kill, Mary Fuck scenario. Yeah, and you were telling me that this is something you'd like to work into your kind of travel itinerary every year moving forward. Kind of this like week, seven to 10 day solo trip where, you know, you kind of take your Thoreau walk in the woods or it's like a power reset, right? Clear your mind, yeah. push yourself out there, give yourself some time to kind of break whatever pattern you were in. Yeah, just a, uh, especially, you know, taking a big step back away from, you know, a hectic year personally, um, yeah professionally uh it was awesome and i think there it's also doing things that i want to do and i know that ripping motorcycles and you know that kind of thing isn't exactly for everyone and like 
but that's okay because other people have different hobbies and whatnot. And for me, that's what I enjoy doing. And that's something that is hard to do with other people. For sure. And I think part of the challenge to doing something like this and a lot of the lessons and and we were talking, I was like, ah, it's kind of like uh, doing an ayahuasca journey, but without the ayahuasca, <laughs> right? When you, when you drop everything and you go, go by yourself, and I think what you were kind of describing earlier is like, it doesn't have to be a solo trip. No, it still has to be a solo trip, but you don't have to just do everything by yourself. Like you don't have to yeah. walk out into Glacier National Park for seven days with a backpack and not- That's borderline dangerous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you're talking about, and I think what I am what I think is a beautiful experience is, is letting go mm-hmm. for seven to 10 days, you know, maybe not bringing your phone, but maybe taking your phone. It's like a Vipassana meditation retreat. This is the other, mm-hmm. the other like thing. And just like disconnect. Right. And see what happens. You know, maybe you do, like you said, go to nightclubs and rage and party and, and drink and lay on the beach. And that's what you needed. Maybe you go and you fucking get depressed and like feel alone and lonely. And then there's that. And you experience that. But when you just kind of break your, your habits, your routines, and you just disconnect from the matrix, whatever it is you live in, man, I think that's a cool practice to have. And I think it's something that if you do keep that up, I think it's a, a cool ritual to to, yeah. to sustain every year. As I think like meditation retreats are cool, or even I think ayahuasca, whatever you want to do, whatever it is for you, I think I think that's pretty cool. And I think that's what you're proselytizing. Yeah, and I, right? I think, yeah. And I think, um, you know, I have done at this point numerous trips with my girlfriend, Jess, sweet Jess. Uh, shout out, Jess. What are we going to do, by I, the way? Why do you keep hiding her from me? <laughs> yeah, no, she, she's real. She's is this, she real? Um, yeah, I saw a blow up on the back of your uh, closet. Yeah, <laughs> well, not on the podcast, Brad. Um, so, uh, I think you know her and I have had some really cool trips together, and I think I've realized that I can do eighty-five percent of what I want to do with her. But there's like this, you know, little side of me that ripped scooters through Asia that just you know is kind of deep down in my Gemini self that I need to kind of get out every once in a while. Sure, that, um, that's a wave that she's not on, right? Yeah, exactly. But I think she really supports that. And I think that's, uh, if we talked two years ago, I would have said, you know, it probably is important to have that that freedom um, and understanding from a partner to, to be able to go do that. But I think, yeah, I think after after doing a bunch of trips with her, you know, day six, seven, eight, I'm like, well, I'm kind of miss doing this with someone else. And so I think also the timeline of that um, it was, was a big re- uh, realization. Again, this isn't supposed to be Nate's therapy. Um, it's the road provides, but we're, but, but we're here now, Nate. Share. This is a safe space. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that was kind of like one of the big pivots, the big realizations there. And, um, you know, I was gone for 16 days in total. I did a weekend in London on each side and I was kind of, by the end of it, I was like, I'm ready to be home. Um, which is just crazy that that's the case now. But um, yeah, overall, I think that was a really good choice and a really good um, d-, d up. I don't know how to, I don't, don't want to say. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, uh, what is your, uh, what cool. is your um, root in this situation? By root, he means fornicate. Um, but I've evolved past the term fuck, Nate. Okay. I, 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 I have too. That's clear. I, I'm having a hard time saying I, it. I, I, prefer, I prefer to call it divine union. Oh my goodness. <laughs> From my 2021 travel season, I'm having a three-way. I was real big into polyamory last year, Nate. So the first travel highlight is I believe I identified a new wave of hotel that's on the horizon. 
Um, mm. I was blazing back west across the country and I was looking at hotels in Lawrence, Kansas. And I saw this place and it was like true hotel. So I was like, all right, it's under the Hilton umbrella. And what it is, is this modern mashup of like contemporary style, but also entertainment. It's uh, seen the hotel as like a place that you can also hang out in. So there were pool tables, there was a lounge area, there were fire pits, there was like a snack bar. I saw it as like this watered down version of the standard mm. or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or the freehand hotel change, which I'll, which I'll get into. Um, but it was like more consumable for mainstream America. It was like the watered down version of it. Have you heard of freehand hotels? I don't think I have, no. Anybody who's in or is going to New York la chicago or miami i think was the four places they had them it's my new favorite hotel chain it's super smart lounge cafes like bar nightclub like this whole mix while in like very cool like modern hotel the one in la also has like dorm style sleeping they're like 50 it's bucks a night cheap. you can stay in downtown uh downtown la um the one in new york is rad they don't do dorm style but uh the rooms are sick it's a cool part of town anyway Freehand hotels, people. The other... Right, well, slow down a second. What? before. How cool... I know this sounds really cool. You mentioned those cities. LA, Chicago, New York, Miami. How cool can this hostile atmosphere be in Lawrence, Kansas? Are people adapting? Are you going down to shoot and pool with like other young, cool people in their 20s 30s 40s i mean or is it just like what well, is it just dead or is i it mean like, it's lawrence Can it's sterile atmosphere like a motel six it's kansas and uh one of kansas's monikers is the flyover state i've got love for mm -hmm. kansas i really like kansas city a lot and actually lawrence is a pretty cool town home of the kansas jayhawks the university of kansas so i think that's probably who uh, who they fill that hotel room with business types people traveling through but also i would like to think that big basketball games tournaments university stuff people that'd stay, be a fun place to be people yeah, stay yeah. at a hotel like that and so then yeah you'd have like maybe younger co-eds or families and stuff like that coming through town and yeah it turns into i feel like this is an evolution in hotels this is nothing i'd ever seen before and i stayed in a lot of hotels driving across country for 18 days this summer and this was certainly a highlight in kind of a highway hotel, if you will, in, yeah, yeah. in a, in a, in a Midwest town. So my, my other sex partner from 2021, <laughs> why did you, you say con concert consummated union? What, what, what bullshit did you say? My divine union. I, divine union. I had a divine union with a climbing store in Laramie, Wyoming. Mm. It was called atmosphere mountain works. And everybody should take note of that and Google atmosphere mountain works i think it's well established we're not climbers nate we we've pretty much said that we we kind of like put them on a pedestal and we loved like the outdoor people but we're not really big outdoor people but what i discovered was out west that these climbing shops are kind of like the surf shops on the coast east or west or like skate shops that you find in city centers they're funky there's usually some form of like artistic expression like kind of quirky cool you know fringe people working there so i found this place it's a collection of women they repurpose scraps of outdoor gear and they make their own bags jackets pants stuff like that i mean it's rad they just like mix i'm looking at one right now as i'm in my closet i got a yoga bag and it's like three different colors and it's all like the technical material like gore-tex and like climb a cool whatever all that shit is, is made of That's sick but uh, it's so rad 
And anyway, I, I think that out West, I've found another cultural custodian. And it's these ah. kind of outdoor shops that are outposts and bastions of of cool and fun and artistic I'm, expression. I'm with, I'm, I actually live walking distance to an outdoor store called Feral. And it Feral, has- such uh, a Denver. Yeah, great, cool great name. name. <laughs> um, but it sells a bunch of used gear. But like the people working there, I feel like same thing. If you want to be like, hey, I want to go do X, Y, Z. What should I do? They're the people to go Good to. Good people to ask. Yeah, hell yeah. And I, so I think that's the the thing as we keep on evolving and, and really dissecting things. What is that? What are the cultural custodians in main, like Middle America, the West, the East Coast? And I think uh, maybe we, that that'll be your your next book venture is cultural custodians of an of American the- guide. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, it gets me pretty pumped up. Um, Done. Sold. We don't yeah. need to say well, no I more. I really like we're, that one. We're moving on. Uh, awesome, Nate. Is it time? Is it time for me to absolutely kill someone, yeah, slaughter it, Nate? So who are you killing from your twenty twenty one travel yeah, I am absolutely gonna gonna murder this one. Um, I'm going to off kill flights, airlines, airports, the whole experience. I'm talking wet masks for nine hours, crowded planes that are full of the brim, expensive flights. Karen's getting kicked off daily for standing up for what they call as their rights. Delays, strikes, security lines out the ass. Once you're done with security, you get in there and you're like, if you want food, fuck you. Because it's a long line. <laughs> and then if you if you get up to the front, it's you have three options and they're serving it to you. It's just trash food in a styrofoam container. It is reminiscent of like shitty Monday public school lunch. And then you fly. It's just a nightmare. The person next to you is just breathing on you. And you're, ah, do you feel that? And then every time through at the airport, every time you're in the plane, I'm looking at people and being like, why is their mask off? Do they think they're better than everyone else? And then it's like, it's like a kettle on boil on the, on the boiler. You're, I just keep on getting hotter and hotter. And it's like, do these people think they're better than everyone else? They're not. They're stupid. They're dumb. And uh, it just that hole is a, a subplot. Then you get to the, your destination, and if you want a rental car, forget about it. It's an hour and a half. There's two people working six desks, Whoa. and you're getting like some uncleaned, fucking shitty Yaris paying ninety dollars a day. It's a nightmare. There's Clorox wipes in them. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just forget about it. And I feel like so I'm I'm getting on a plane tomorrow, and I'm not excited about it and i just got an email that says get there two hours early for a domestic flight because security lines are that bad and so that whole experience i'm sure everyone can relate to this it's a quick hit it's a quick kill take it out back and i'm pulling the trigger yeah yeah yeah. and everybody's with you and and watching (laughs) (laughs) nate just let let the chopper off and everybody was like yes please it's it's travels great but travel isn't great. <laughs> uh, flying's just been terrible. They've taken off every centimeter an inch possible. I can't even. You and I are about the same height. I don't know how anybody who's bigger than six, six, six one can sit in an airplane anymore. It's. I'm at it's a just, point where I'm paying. I'm paying for exit row. I said. Are you? I think about. I well, I looked at it, and so I'm going to a music festival on I Friday. Think you're right. I'm flying back on the next morning. I go. You know what? That's a time where I might want to have extra leg room. So I'm paying 24 bucks for it. And I know it just, it, it's against my fiber, but I'm like, you know what? 
I'm I'm gonna take control. I'm no. trying to control my situation as best as possible. And um, it's the, the flights are so full, you're like getting stuck in a middle seat for four hours. I'm with you. Yeah, you got to do it, and you got to do it. The prices are obnoxious. I've been look. I've been looking to fly to Mex. Just not gonna do it. It's eight hundred dollars to fly to Mexico City. I'm just like, yeah, I just. I, I wouldn't say Montana's known for its great cheap airports, though. To be fair, man. No, no but still, you can get out. My brother's flying out here. Um, for a grand, did I say that in the beginning? Yeah. Right. That's a four hundred dollar flight, but the air, the airlines are like, it's time for that get back, right? Yeah. Everybody's trying to get the money back that they lost during the pandemic, and it's just, I, I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason for it. It can't be the gas prices. I'm trying to, I was trying to go to Vegas, bro. Vegas, it's an hour and a half flight from me. I've looked at flights before. It's a two hundred dollar flight. They wanted seven hundred and fifty dollars for me to, to fly two hours down. To Forget Vegas. about it. No chance. I just, I'm just not going to do it. Just can't well, I'm, do it. So Phoenix, I mean Phoenix, Denver is one of the, like such a popular route. I'm going. I don't know. I just booked a bit later, but I'm going to a wedding two weeks from now, and that flight I, I paid with points, but I it w- would have been four hundred and sixty dollars for a wh- flight from fucking Denver to Phoenix. And what is that like? An hour up and down? Uh, hour and a half. Yeah. And it's I mean it's a fourteen hour car drive. At that point, you're like, is it worth it? But it's not. I, but it, it's just it's it's absurd. So by, anyways, by, by principle. I refuse. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to negotiate with terrorists. And I feel like, you know, maybe it's wrong to mix terrorism with flights, but I feel like the flight industry has turned into the terrorists now. What they've done on airplanes with the space and the service, you can't even get you can get a bottle of water. That's it now. It's just uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not better than that. I, I got pretty loaded on the way out to out to London. But well, anyways, what did you? I was say that it doesn't sound let's like get off. I can't talk about yeah. this anymore. All right, it, you. It what are you gonna kill? Me. Well, how about you get even more mad then? I'm, yeah, well, here we go. I'm killing entitled American tourists. Ah, uh, here you go again. <laughs> this isn't even hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We predicted this. As I said, this is the summer of American Sea in America, and now I know what people who live in Rome, Paris. We called, wait, we called. We we did this. <laughs> go out and see america and <laughs> yeah. then yeah yeah and now i'm i'm pissed off about it americans flood rome paris barcelona cancun i know what they all feel like right yeah i know what it feels like to have a bunch of americans demanding everything at the drop of the hat and and i don't even know what to say do better we got to be better cuz i know i've probably been one of these people at some point in my life I, I guess the biggest kicker in all this was like the awareness or like the lack of awareness I live by Glacier National Park, just to give you guys a refresher. As soon as you got into the airport or got into town and you looked around, you're like, man, there are clearly a shit ton of people in here. But yet all these all these people were just bitching about like dinner reservations and like, why aren't there th- that many Ubers? Why don't you guys have a lot of Ubers? And I was like, have you looked around? I was it's like- a fucking small town. <laughs> there are people everywhere. I was like, 8,000 people live here. So, I mean, it was the lack of awareness, the stench of, you know, entitlement uh you know why don't you have what we have when we want to have it literally we're i'm at the end of the earth like when you leave my town in montana (laughs) and you drive west there's fucking nothing 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 until you reach canada for 45 miles you know 45 minutes to an hour like have some awareness where you live you know what i mean it's like uh, did you ever tell anyone off did you ever tell anyone how you felt no no that's Uh, why we really have a podcast (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm passive aggressively tip well, not yeah. passively now. I'm aggressively telling people now. Um, I'm going to the airport tomorrow, same same energy, and just start telling people off. You know <laughs> Put who that fucking mask up. <laughs> <laughs> you know who it uh, rubs off on it. Uh, rubs off on all the locals. Yeah, all the locals. They, be, they, get, they become really we, sour and salty. We, we just get pushed so far, you know, to our edge, trying to serve all these folks. It's tough to complain because we make a shit ton of money, as I'm sure yeah. the people yeah, yeah. in you know these European cities or Cancun, like they live off of the American or you know the tourist window. We make enough money here in four or five months to live for the rest of the year if you're smart. Yeah, not lavishly, but comfortably with maybe a part-time job in the winter. You can't complain too much, right? Because they're filling our coffers, but at the same time, it pushes us to our boundaries. And um, yeah, if you just had some more more awareness and were a little more polite and understanding, it'd go a long way. Thank you very so, much. So that's my thing. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I was going to say, I actually, uh, Jess and I drove through the Southwest and we went to Santa Fe and I was like, oh, it looks like that place sells mugs. I'm going to go in and try to buy some. So I went in there, start talking. I'm talking to this one girl and then Jess is talking to this one and she's like, she's lived in Santa Fe for three or four years. Kind of like, I mean, not no offense, but kind of like you in, in Whitefish. Yeah, sure. And so she starts talking about it. She's like, I know all the coolest underground parties in Santa Fe. <laughs> and, and like, I'm hearing this and she grew up in like the rich suburb of Annapolis. Like she is, has a trust fund without a doubt. So then she's, she's like, I'm trying to buy these mugs. Anyways, she's like, so Jess asks, Hey, so like, do you feel like, you know, you've seen a lot change in the last years? They're like, well, it's people like you moving here. And I was like, I, I didn't hear this, but if I would have heard it, I would have told her off. I don't want to move to Santa Fe. Fuck Santa Fe. And like, you're, you got a shitty entitled attitude. So just like what I was saying at the beginning, just cause you're a local doesn't mean you're, you know, I think the natives in, in Colorado kind of get on too much of a high horse. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I didn't mean and, to counter your point too you're much good. there. I'm, but. I am very, and that's probably why I didn't say anything is because I've only been here for two years. I am very careful. I don't have a high horse. I have a uh, a miniature pony that I climb up on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't really speak too much because it ain't really my town. I haven't been long enough yeah. here long enough to, to bitch too hard. So, all right, all right let's, well, let's get, let's on, get let's off the judgment. Note. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and let's end with something very sacred and, yeah. and beautiful from your travel experience. Nate, what did you marry in 2020? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, I, you know, I, I can, I'm actually an officiant, so I kind of can do this myself. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to get this done You're right now. Bury yourself. Myself uh, to what I'm taking, who I'm going to marry, what I'm going to marry is taking back trips that are not your own. I know that everyone's at a different stage of their life, but I think no matter what stage of your life in, you've got to go to weddings, you got to go to graduations, bridal showers, baby shit. I don't know. I'm not in that stage yet where people are having babies, but Soon. baby shit is what I'm talking babies about. Babies are coming. Yeah, babies are coming. Bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, etc. These trips are inherently not your own. You have obligations. You're there for a reason. Usually there's a huge itinerary or you've got to go do XYZ thing. However, every once in a while, you have an opportunity to carve out some time to do things that you really want to do. And what I'm saying here is to find your fetish, be your nerd, follow your curiosity. And for me, this manifested you itself. A, did you just read a book? <laughs> yeah. Find your fetish. Big end's way to unleash your deepest curiosity. Again. Right. Keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, Keep it right, moving. moving. 
Anyways, for me, this was, uh, I watched a movie, uh, a real slow burn, but beautifully shot, really great cinematography, great music called Columbus. It stars John Cho, who's uh, Harold of Harold and Kumar, Okay. uh, for any fun facts. Uh, It's set in a small Indiana city that is known to be the mecca of modernist or mid-century modern architecture. And so I start looking it up and I'm like, this is so fascinating. And I realized that I'm going to a wedding there that next month. So like three weeks later, and it was an hour drive from where I was going to be. I kind of looked at the itinerary and I said, I have a, I have like six, eight hours if I could go do this. So I said, mom, I'm taking the rental car. I drove an hour. I woke up at six, drove South, went out and bang. I was in this place. That was the intersection of all my wanky interests architecture, movies, music, travel, pretentious solo time that I keep on talking about. And it was awesome. It was six hours. I went on a tour, which I never do. And it was wildly stimulating. And it it was a highlight. I mean, the wedding, I I got back at two, took a shower, ate, and then I went to the wedding. And it was an amazing day. But I'm really happy I went and did that and kind of carved out that time for myself because it was just so stimulating to me and really filled my tank. So I think as I look forward to 2022, as I said, I've got a lot of trips, a lot of weddings. I'm thinking about how I can get amongst that sweet, big Nate stimulating action. And it's obvious to me that this is the kind of things, these are the things that I want to marry and I'm going to be loving this shit for the rest of my life. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Weird, obscure, Obscure, modernist architecture and furniture. I've, I've been doing this for a little while was street art, mm. where uh, I walked around Sao Paulo with a day with uh, with a guy for like four hours, just trying to find like there's these twins mm. from Sao Paulo who are like super famous graffiti guys, and I was like, let's find every one of their graffiti's that's like that's still up. Or I was in Berlin and I went like an hour west to some abandoned uh, fucking radio tower that you know that had all this like graffiti yeah. and shit. And yeah, it's my nerd. Like I'm into it. I don't care. I'll spend but a whole it, afternoon, you know, just going after this stuff because that's what I'm into. You you just took it to that next level of commitment where you're like, hey mom, <laughs> mom, I'm, I yeah. don't care what you need to do with the car. I'm waking up at six and I'm driving an hour south to yeah. look at uh, mid-century architecture. Yeah, um, I mean, I came back. I've got a poster on my wall now. Um, and because it yeah. wasn't real <laughs> unless you bought something <laughs> at the gift shop yeah exactly i really i really was like i can't believe i just bought I just, it was like a hundred dollar like framed thing and i was like i can't believe i just did this this is like not like me but at the same time it was because i was so like fucking struck and like pumped up about it um yeah, dope. and yeah it was inspiring so i think you know i, I think everyone that as you said everyone kind of has different you have different things. Everyone listening probably has different things, but it's like, how can you take, you know, two, three hours in the morning? If you love to walk, just go find a place to walk or, you know, you are a coffee snob. Go, go find some coffee shop before you, you know, I don't know, baptize a baby or something. So, and I I think a a, a last important point on this is like, go down the rabbit hole. Like if Mm -hmm. you know, you're into some, spend a bit of time, some, some weird, I don't know. It have to weird, like saying you're sewing or knitting or I don't know, like some fetish or some like, thing like just go down the rabbit hole and just i tell you there's so much shit in america and yeah I'm telling you every like these odd little towns they might be 45 minutes away or they might just be in the suburb of chicago or something i was coming through god it was i think it was also kansas and i just got stuck in this small little town and like some rich dude 
just had this like modern art museum on his property with all these like crazy sculptures and there was like a lake and I had katana and we walked around and I was like, who the fuck, where did this guy come from? But this is sick. But he just like planted his flag and I was like, I got bank, you know what I mean? Pluck, I'm gonna drop this, you know, super sized paper clip in my lawn, you know, with a bunch yeah. of other stuff. And like, I was like, ah, oh, that was a decent way to spend two hours. This stuff is out there. Just don't blaze, you know, through a small town without considering yeah. some of that, or don't just write off, um, you know, a wedding without considering, hey, like maybe, yeah, 45 minutes outside of Charleston, that there's this like cool estate that this guy's done some rad thing, or some some woman, or some family, or or you know, who knows, whatever. Yeah, I appreciate that. I and uh, yeah, I I'm kind of I'm hoping that whatever you marry, I rock with as well. So <laughs> what what is that? Dogs? Do you rock with dogs? Uh, we're gonna have to end yes. this podcast if I don't get a yes right now. All right, so I'm marrying traveling with a dog. I feel like traveling with a dog is dating somebody with a gluten allergy, or dating a vegan but less annoying. <laughs> Sorry for the implications that has on you, Nate. Uh, it completely changes the way you approach a town. It's like reading a city's nutrition label. <laughs> you prioritize parks, greenways you know, stuff that keeps you outside and active. And I might also add like, it could keep you out of like shitty situations, like closing down the bars or going home with some rando, which is usually quite re regrettable. So it's dogs, it's traveling with dogs. Katana's my fucking homie. She's my ride or die. Yeah, it's just, it uncovered a way of seeing the road and of traveling that I was kind of forced into, but I really, yeah. really appreciate now. I also, if anybody wants them, I can email my best dog parks and worst dog parks list of 2021. Add that to your book, The Cultural Custodian's <laughs> Worst Dog Parks. <laughs> nah, you never know what you get at a dog park, man. You get some weird people in I was going to say, I feel like you could still close it down a bar. Well, you could still close it down a dog park and still end up going home with a stranger from a dog park. I know that was always the, the joke my mom and I made was... Um, eight single nights at the dog park and you're just, you know, you're not, I don't wrong. know if you, you tip the hat and you're like, I'm just a stranger passing through. You're not wrong about that. And one thing too, is like, <clears throat> we were, I obviously wasn't going out at night. Uh, cause I had her and like, this is our first big road trip and she's, she was under a year. So she's just, yeah. Separation, anxiety, a whole lot of other stuff. But I was walking streets and definitely, you know how it is like puppy into bar type stuff. It's like walking, a, walking a random city with like a dog. And I've got what I consider a beautiful dog and a badass dog. And people would just be like, yeah, fucking cool dog. <laughs> you know? And it'd be like, this yeah, is, yeah. this is adding to my, you know, this is adding to my yeah. clout. And people can, uh, I think it can definitely be an easier way to start talking to people. And, um, absolutely. Well, they you come talk of, to you. So that's yeah. the whole thing. Like people want to come up. Hey, can I touch your dog? Which I, can we talk about this real quick? Like, what is this? People say, can where, I pet your dog? And then yeah. they'll touch it before they actually you introduce themselves to you. Or they're I'm like, the what's same your way dog's, with food, but they're, yeah. <laughs> they're like, what's your dog's name? And then they just walk away. I'm like, what about my name? You know what I mean? Yeah. And this like, whole, what, what breed? How old is the dog? All right, cool. Have a good day. And it's yeah. like, I'm chopped liver. Yeah, exactly. People wouldn't even make eye contact with me. They'd walk by and be like, fucking cool dog and, and not even look at me. So the joke is like, now I know what it's like to date like a, a hot girl. Um, mm. It's like walking around with her. But the other thing too is like, I've pet other people's dogs, like strangers' dogs, but the dogs kind of come up to me. This phenomenon mm. of people going up and like wanting to touch the baby, right? Or wanting pet your dog. I don't know. Who are these people? 
Do you know these people? It's everyone in Denver. I think it's a good answer. <laughs> it's a good place to start. I do but think I, I know a lot of uh, a lot of people who do. Yeah, pet no, I feel like it, it's. But at the same time, I mean, like I hate to say this, and I'm I'm not coming after you because I know your katana situation is different a lot. But if you get a designer dog, you know what I mean, like purebred, fringy, f- just the kind of dog Doodle. you know, you're ask, you're you're begging for that clout, you're begging for that attention. Yeah, and you know, people will roll up, and you're like, they know what they're doing with yeah, that yeah, yeah. And I, XYZ breed. Yeah, I wanted to get a working dog, a dog I could train, whatever. But I cannot say that I don't have some of that into me. I know yeah. I full well knew I was getting into whatever personality you just described. Yes. I have yeah. That. Anyway, well, yeah. It's, I just wanted to like basically roundabout insult you, but yeah, I yeah, think yeah, sure. um, I, I, I got it. I got it, Nate. What a role. Uh, well, yeah. I think is it is it time to to wrap it up? And uh, I think before, that was a really successful. Before we want to wrap it up, I have some honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Just bring this on to you. They didn't make my list, but in hindsight, I kind of wanted them to. E bikes. The e bike revolution is here. It's going to change the way we experience cities, hands down. It's going to change the way we adventure into the outdoors. It's I saw it last year here in Glacier, like what you can do in Glacier National Park on an e bike when they're amazing. going to. Oh, yeah, it's nuts. And then if you want to get adventurous and go off trail and do, you know, that mountain bike stuff with e bikes, it's it's wild. But e bikes, the future. It's going to be nuts. Wear a helmet, kids, is, is all I have to say. Because when you're cruising 25 miles an hour and those things like... Some bad shit can happen, yeah. It's a real 25 miles an hour. And uh, big shout out to Yoga Shorts for summer of 2021. I saw a big yoga short movement when I was traveling and as people came through town. Respect. Yeah, I think I think that's one of my aspirations for 2022 is more yoga shorts uh, for myself. As long as I'm not there with you, I suppose. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, I, that's probably not the, the best situation. A lot of innuendos here, but I think we, you were definitely asking for it. Uh, my honorable mentions, um, I honestly don't have any honorable mentions because I just want to string my honorable mentions along in this uh, season three of the podcast. You, you need so. to save your content. <laughs> I've got it's, it's four stories saying. and I've told two of them tonight. So I've got to save the other two for bullshit. Those you, out over you four went, more episodes. You went on so many trips last year. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Anyways, we'll unpack that for the rest of the season. Hey, what we got next? So we usually in the, in the past we've done off trail destinations. We did have one on trail but I think uh, what we want to do, and we kind of have alluded to this theme, it's been a wild few years with COVID. And if we're going to travel, you're going to go put yourself through these airports. If you're going to bump shoulders with these ugly Americans, where do we go? We've been what? waiting two years. Let's bangers, Nate. Let's get exactly. bangers. So we are doing straight bangers. It's what we've been deprived of, starved of. It's like you've lived abroad for three years and you're back in your hometown. What are your first four meals? What are your first five meals? Yep. We're going there. Amsterdam and so, <laughs> and so, yeah, 100%. I'm with you on that. We're going to start off in this week. Where are we going? We're leading off <clears throat> with perhaps one of the best cities in North America. And oddly, I also consider one of the most overlooked, slept on cities in North America. Sleeper hit banger. <laughs> Boom. We're crossing the border north. And grabbing some poutine with our brothers and sisters in Montreal, Canada. Not Manitoba, Montreal. No. Let's ride. <laughs> Montreal's got the sex. 
refinement, fashion, and language of Europe, but you don't have to cross the Atlantic to get it. It's literally like an hour or two away from anywhere on the East Coast, I feel like, except if you're in like Southern Florida. It's dumb close, is what I'm telling you. So, Nate, get us going. What's yeah, happening well, I think, in Montreal? I think, you touched, I think you touched on some really good themes there. I have spent cumulative 30 to 34 hours there, but it left That's such a big a impression. Not a lot, but it left a big enough impression that I think when we, we talked about being a straight banger, I was like, this is a city that I will always recommend. It's a city that I always, uh, uh, again, say it's probably a sleeper hit because you're getting so much for so close. I mean, we're talking about ease. It's relatively cheap. I mean, f- cheap flights. Haha. But you could drive. Like, it was four hours from my parents' house in Connecticut when they lived there. Oh, wow. um, I mean, and Connecticut's wildly irrelevant. Sorry to anyone in Connecticut. <laughs> Everyone takes USD, credit cards, visa, everything accepted. The ease, it's its like going to Chicago, but instead of Chicago, it's a sick, multifaceted cultural city, which I'm sure you could probably dig a bit deeper on. Yeah, and to me, that's the biggest one of the biggest selling points of Montreal is that multiculturalism. Obviously, again, you've got the Francophile influence back to Europe, yada, yada, but notably, there's a huge Lebanese enclave there and a big caribbean influence in montreal you take all three of those right there eating dancing people watching late night dancing that's all that's all i need to know you know what i mean give me a girl all right i don't know well fuck it <laughs> i think you're getting progressively hornier throughout the so on Where that note go? switch it up i i think it's talking the- about yeah talking about the 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 time of time of year to go when I mean, to go there's a there's a song that says it's so cold in this country from october to may and i think that's an incredibly valid and i mean you're even saying september can get a bit fringe yep. um so i think it's a summer city and i think absolutely uh i was looking at dates this year and the peak seems to be the first week of july there's a jazz festival so snag your patty caps snag your fedoras it's time to get really deep into culture can i can i stop this real quick uh everybody's always like yeah you know this got jazz, jazz, bars and jazz festival. <laughs> who really is going to a jazz festival are you really going to go to the jazz festival entertain i mean that, that's fair it's not it's not like you know that's not like my you're like i'm going to a mu- the music festival i'm going to this week is actually a jazz festival no it's not um well i will say they have a street art festival in montreal so fuck nate's jazz festival street street art festival it's also in july but yeah what when else what else are we doing in, in the summer? yeah well i think, I think in the so. summer i think i mean so much of it is on the river and i think you know we can talk about how it's a big port city but uh the lachine canal i remember seeing it um, but also you can, you know, you can kayak, canoe, boat. We're, we'll talk about this a bit more, but I think this is just one of those cities to go and experience and live and like go get some bread and cheese and drink wine on in a park and just hang and soak enjoy and culture. soak it in. There's very few cities in North America that have that same appeal that I've experienced. Everything I've gleaned from Montreal and also from my time in Chicago, which is why I make the comparison is like Montreal pops off in the summer. Like you don't want to leave Montreal in the summer, which is why the same thing about Chicago. Nobody Mm -hmm. leaves Chicago in the summer because every weekend it is just jumping off. Like you live in Chicago to be there during the summer. It's the best three months out of the year. It's an absolute rage fest. And yeah, yeah, you take your vacations in the winter because the winter is terrible. 
Yeah, and my my friends are like, we're we're gonna move to Denver, but we want one more summer in Chicago, and so because it's it's that good, and I think that's the same kind of the, it's the, the same heat principle from Montreal. So if you go in June, July to September, you can't miss. I was there in September with my brother for a bachelor party, and it was getting into like the 30s and 40s overnight. So it was mm. it was starting to get cool, but I found it refreshing. So next thing for me for Montreal. I want to lean into Nate's find your fetish. I am clearly need to get laid. <laughs> and it only gets worse. He's, also, he's it, also started a brand called Ski Fetish. So <laughs> It's called Huck Down, but the first yeah. capsule was good. Anyways, I have this fascination with like old Olympic stadiums 100%. and parks. And Montreal has done a fantastic job of keeping theirs relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, with good reason. I think I'm going to butcher this number kind of like a Nate stat, but... Montreal, when they for the 1976 Olympics, they were over budget by like two billion dollars. They didn't pay off the Olympic Park and their stadium until 2006. Wow! It took them 30 years to pay off the debt for having the Olympics. That I means digress. they probably did it right then. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing: like because all that money they spent, like they've kept it relevant. So on top of that, there's I think part of my fascination is like I have this childlike idea that when i walk through the park or through these like stadiums and halls like i'm like this is where the greatest great swimmer yeah. and like the sprinter and i kind of like start sprinting you know i kind of go down that but anyways there's a lot to unpack about this space and this oh. place so unpacking this kind of thing like i just don't want you to go look like an old stadium right because that's not that's not interesting that's kind of boring yeah but it's more than just a sports area it's this whole complex. <clears throat> I don't know who's familiar with Olympic areas. I'm not, so that's why I'm going to explain it. They had the Olympic Stadium. They built a new MLS soccer stadium there, which mm-hmm. where they used to have the track and field stuff. There's a Vans-sponsored skate park. There's a planetarium. There's a bio motherfucking dome. Um, there's a botanical garden. North America's largest bug museum is there. It's mental. Hell yeah. All that. A big park complex. It's rad. Uh, from May to October, they have a First Friday series, which is kind of like if you live in a most, bigger most city. Cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's food trucks, but live music, which is it's still they're taking advantage of this big open space. In the winter, there's like an outdoor bar with an ice skating rink, all this stuff. Just super cool to me. And if you do want to do like what I described earlier, be the kid who goes and runs, whatever, whatever, you can actually go into their Olympic pools and swim the diving boards and all that stuff it's all still there and you can pay to go inside and like swim in an actual olympic pool so anyways that's it i'm amazing that's my uh, fetish you know i think we talked about all those things i feel like this is like a city where you can go do a lot of those different activities and then just go spend your days eating in like outdoor spaces and just kind of soaking it in the one kind of touristy hot spot um that isn't just some uh, obscure thing that we're both interested in, like the Olympics, or uh, when I, I think you you really did bring a lot to the table there, though, Brad. Um, the hot spot is the old town. Uh, it's down by the river. It's 400 years old. It's I think I looked it up. Montreal's the 21st oldest city in North America. Another fun fact. Great but nice it feels it's it's 1642 is when it was established, and it feels like you're chalking, you know, right in the middle of an old European city. And I think that appeal and that being that close to um, to us is, you know, being in Denver, everything was built out in the late 
you know, the turn of the century in 1920s, 1950s. Yep. I grew up in Phoenix, which is like 1960s, 1970s. Nothing's this old. And so I think there's such a special part of of being in this old town. And I think it is touristy. Um, Taylor and I actually rented e-bikes and ripped around Montreal for the day. So we got a good bit of it. But I remember being down in there and I was like, this is just uh, really blew my mind. So I think that is probably uh, another little tidbit worth adding. Yeah, for sure. I'm just going to embrace it now. There's this hedonistic quality about Montreal. I don't think I'm alone. There's a huge strip club industry there. And this whole, I don't know. It, I think it all boils back down to sailors and Montreal being a port town. It's on, what is that, the the Lawrence? And, um, uh, yeah, my I, I lost a geography anyway, based on it, yeah, Canadian it questions. It goes out <laughs> to the Atlantic eventually. But in that sense, it's just like Amsterdam. It's like Hamburg, right? All these port towns that have this history of transient people coming in and out and catering to whatever. This unshakable past, and it's still there. But It, it I, seems I, like a good place to have a bachelor party, to, to your brother's credit. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm not going to say anything about that, but I just want to, <laughs> I want to also express that like, I don't want to reduce Montreal just to that. I think part of like the sex and the allure that I'm talking about, actually the majority of it is <laughs> when I get turned on, <laughs> I can't, I'm just stepping in all these minefields. It's just the, the style. There's just like this element of cool. People are well-dressed, right? There's going back to, I guess, the European, the French, the openness with affection that they have in those communities and those kiss cultures, the right? Cheeks. It's, they do the double kiss on the cheek in Montreal. Nice. And, and did I, you know, I said it, I'm going to say it again, that French accent. French act that's my love language right now. Speak to me in French and my knees get weak. It's it's a wrap. Anybody out there listening, if you know any girls who speak French, send them slide into his DMs and do yes. an Instagram voice note. And yeah. um yeah, and I will it. say I'm, I'm getting yeah. out of here with I've, I've uh, said enough. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, let's get out of here entirely. Uh not just from Montreal, but just from this whole uh first episode. We hope you enjoy uh at least hope maybe to glean a few bit of information. Maybe don't steal uh, my word. <laughs> well, maybe maybe you learn something about the tra- maybe you learn you can't jump on my vocab like that. You maybe you learn something about the travel world. Maybe yeah. you definitely learn something about how wild and perverse <laughs> Brad is. But <laughs> either way, thank you for listening. Uh, what what are the go to actions here, Brad? Yeah, everybody check us out. We're on, obviously, all streaming platforms. If you want to share this with with people, with friends, I think we're getting to the point now at season three where we'd love to have more listeners. We broke 2,000 streams uh, at the end of last year, which was cool for us. You can find us on Instagram at the Road Provides Pod. Uh, we still yet to have a a website or anything, but as always, we'd love to hear your feedback. We'll be posting some stuff on there. Nate said slide into our DMs, but not in that way. Um, just you know, if you if you want us to focus on something, if there's anything you found interesting on the road, feel free to share. We'd love to pick up on it and maybe expand on it ourselves. Yeah. Any other and- voices you want to hear from or uh, explore? I know, as we said, we're. We might be, um, you know, coming from different eras. That really was rude to you again. But uh, but no, t- uh, I guess, I don't know if you were going there with this, but yeah. uh, we're looking to get a couple of interviews in as well. So if you know anybody you think would be a great fit for us or um, who's kind of in the podcast space, who talks travel, um, pass them our way. We'd love to uh, love to expand our, our horizons. So 
It's good to be back, Brad. It's good to hear uh, good to hear more what your uh, what's going on in your crazy head of yours. And um, much love to you and Katana. And um, yeah, I will see you soon. Cool, brother. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. This is the road provides.